You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call. It's a great hour. It's a great idea. It's a great opportunity to get some projects done around your house. Maybe you're a do-it-yourselfer. We can help. Maybe you're a direct-it-yourselfer. Need some advice on how to hire somebody to get the job done. We can help you with that. What we want to make sure that you don't become is a do-it-to-yourself. That's the worst <laughs> class you see right there because then it's just, oh, it's a big mess. Anyway, the holidays are here. They're upon us. We know that you're probably entertaining lots of family, lots of friends right now. Maybe there's a painting project on your to-do list, an organizational job to get done. Whatever's going on, pick up the phone. Let us help, please. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. The call is free, and the advice is worth more than what you pay for it. Hey, are you the kind of homeowner who perhaps hopes for an outdoor holiday display? That is so huge, it can be, say, maybe seen from space. (laughs) Well, if you are, or even if you're not, there are energy-efficient holiday lights available. And that's a good thing for the planet, and it still allows you to celebrate the spirit of the season. We're going to tell you about energy-efficient holiday lighting, how to choose the lights that will do the job around your house without costing you an arm and a leg in just a bit. Now, if you're that homeowner who really wants all of those holiday lights, but say there's a power outage, well, you're probably already thinking, hmm, how can I keep my lights on when everybody else has their lights off? Well, a backup generator is going to do that trick. And we're going to tell you more about which type is right for you a little later. Plus, we've got some ways that you can go green with your water use. We're going to have info on how to choose WaterSense certified plumbing fixtures. This is a new program that is run by the EPA. It can actually help cut your water usage by 30%. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. And we've got a great prize this hour. We're giving away a super organization system from Gladiator Garage Works. We've got the gear track pack. It's worth 55 bucks. So now you're going to have a place to put all of those new holiday presents. So pick up the phone and give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Let's get right to the phones. Leslie, who's first? Teresa in Vermont has a question about her basement walls. What can we do for you today? Uh, we have some. We had a very wet summer, and we have something growing on the walls of the basement. They're not the walls aren't wet, but there's something growing that looks like frost. Oh, it's like a sort of like a white haze, if you will, like crusty stuff. Uh, yes, it's, yep. it's not hard. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. but well, it's, it's just white. 
Teresa, I mean, you said it yourself, you had a very wet summer. So obviously the ground had been saturated quite a bit. And even if your basement is dry, those concrete walls tend to, you know, suck in a lot of moisture from the earth. So now what you're seeing is when the moisture gets into the concrete and then evaporates out, it leaves behind sort of a mineral deposit. And that's that whitish haze that you're seeing on there. It's easily fixable. All you need to do is clean it with white vinegar and water and then make sure you rinse it kind of well with water on top of it. And then, you know, dry out your basement with a dehumidifier and that white haze will go away. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Jim in North Dakota has a flooring issue. Tell us about the problem. Uh, well, we've got a pretty old house built in 1902, and uh, it's got hardwood and maple floors in it. And about a year ago, in the living room, and just about in the center of the living room, the floor started to buckle. You know, okay. two of the boards kind of came up. And I'm trying to see if there's a solution easier or better than, obviously, I really don't want to have to lift all these boards and try mm-hmm. to relay them. And I'm not really thinking what I want to do is take a circular saw down the middle of it and saw it and try to get it to seal back down. But mm. So okay. that's what I'm calling about. Any chance on you can getting, getting these two boards out so that you could work on them? Uh, maybe. Um, yeah. You know, they're in the very center of the room, so right. taking them well, out. There's a good chance I'm going to do some damage to some more boards along the way, but right. it's possible. Um, what I would probably do in this case is I would probably saw down the uh, the ridge between the two where they're popped up so yeah. that we eliminated that tongue and groove, and that would probably allow them to be disassembled and pulled out. And then I would clean out underneath, try to figure out why it's, you know, popping up, maybe see if there's any debris in there or there's some pressure or something shifting. And then I would try to lay them back down. It might mean that you have to actually trim them because they're too wide now or undercut them so that you sort of take the the underside edge off so that you can get them back down. And then I would reattach them and I would reattach them with screws and I would put wood plugs in to hold them in place. And that and will never come up. Screws. Yeah, cover up your screw heads. That'll never come up again. Flush plugs. You know, you'll have to do a little bit of refinishing, and the color of the plugs won't exactly match. But over time, as it gets exposed to sunlight and UV, it'll fade very nicely. You know, I have an 1886 house. We've had to do a lot of floor surgery in this house, and occasionally and I've had to just replace. Yeah, occasionally I've had to replace some boards, and you know, I've put down. And I have Douglas fir, uh, and I put down some new Doug fir boards, and they look like pink or like cherry-like against mm-hmm. sort of the the amber color of the rest of the floor. But, you know, inside of a year, it all fades out and matches, and now you can't even tell. Okay. When you have an old house, that's the kind of thing you have to do. Got to be a little creative. Okay, Jim? Yep. Sounds good. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now, you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, is your holiday light display so huge that it can be seen from the space shuttle? Well, we're going to help you <laughs> cut back on that energy bill with some tips on energy-efficient holiday lighting next. 888 It is brought to you by Generac and the Generac Automatic Standby Generator. Be protected and never worry about power outages again. 
visit your favorite home improvement center or call 888-GENERAC or visit generac.com. Your home will stay on the next time the power goes out. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Bit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit because one caller we talked to on the air this hour is going to win the garage organization system from Gladiator Garage Works. The Gear Track Pack is worth fifty five bucks and includes two four foot sections of Gear Track channels with all the hooks you need to organize and protect hard to store items like rakes, shovels, and tools. Learn more at gladiatorgw.com or call us right now for your chance to win. The number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. Yeah, pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if this weekend is the weekend for you to set up your ginormous holiday display and you're thinking. Hmm, how can I go all out and make the brightest, craziest holiday display without those huge electric bills? That no doubt will go along with it. So if you want to do that, let me tell you how you can save some money by still having a beautiful holiday display. Just pick up the LED holiday lights. Now, LED stands for light emanating diode. And each bulb with this technology uses less than half a watt of electricity, which makes it about 90% more efficient than those traditional incandescent bulbs. Now, they're widely available. You can pick them up anywhere, but they do tend to cost a little bit more. But the bonuses, they're going to last up to 20 years. And they're also safer because they barely warm up. So you don't even have to worry about those fire concerns. Well, if you need more tips on how to have an energy-efficient holiday lighting season, we've got an article on MoneyPit.com that can do just that. Simply search energy-efficient holiday lights at MoneyPit.com. 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Let's get back to the phones. Leslie, who's next? All right, Mary in Washington, you've got the money pit. How can we help you with your painting project? Well, I just have a question about marine paint. Okay. Um, Someone told us that that was a really good choice for painting uh, like a porch or a concrete floor, like in a basement Mm -hmm. or any wood floor that you wanted a lot of durability. Well, that's a good point because the latex paints are great for convenience of use, but they're lousy for abrasion resistance. Mm -hmm. And a marine paint, which is solvent-based, is a lot tougher for a surface like that. So I would agree with that assessment. All right. Now, would would there be any benefit to marine paint uh, over any other solvent-based paint that I could just pick up at Lowe's or Home Depot Mm -hmm. or something? Perhaps. It might be a little bit more durable. I mean, especially if you're thinking about doing, you know, a wood porch that gets a lot of exposure to the elements, I would go marine paint. Really? So have you, either of you ever used it before? I'm just, I've never, uh, you know, we just Mm -hmm. heard an idea from one person, but I cannot find anyone who's ever actually used it. Um, Have used it on uh, some woodwork on a home that was actually on a lagoon for that very purpose. And we used it but on it like a tackle. it is more expensive. Yeah, it's very more expensive. Actually, we used it because we had extra paint. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it worked really well because we had a door, we had a lagoon box, like a wood, sort of a you know, box where you put your life jackets and stuff. Sure. And it really stood up very well. Okay. Well, perfect. That was my question then. All right. Well, Great. there you go. Thank Good you. luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Glenn in South Carolina has a question about insulation. What can we do for you today? Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I was wondering, I have the uh, fiberglass blown insulation in my attic, and I'm thinking about adding some more. And I was thinking about adding cellulose-type insulation on top of that. Will it cause a problem with the R value or anything like that? 
Well, you can add different types of insulation on top of each other, but frankly, I would recommend against it. If you have fiberglass insulation now, I would add more fiberglass insulation on top of it. And I would use unfaced fiberglass insulation, and I would install it perpendicular to the existing insulation. That will give you good coverage, and you're going to be looking for about 19 inches of bad insulation totally on average to give you good insulating value. Okay. Well, I do appreciate your help. You're welcome, Glenn. You know, there's a good um, homeowner's guide to insulating online at a website called insulateandsave.com. It's put together by the experts at Owens Corning. You might want to take a look at that, and I'll walk you through some of those steps. Okay, I'll look that up in a little while. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. All right, now we're going to chat with Andrew from Austin, Texas, who's got a story about his bathroom. Hi. Hey, Andrew. Welcome to the program. So what's going on with your bathroom? Well, we... um our, our old house, we had a um, uh, remodeling project where we wanted to put some wainscoting up okay. around the outside. We found a do-it-yourself kit. But unfortunately, they didn't tell you any uh, method for applying it to your wall. <laughs> and I started off with a, uh, an inexpensive uh, adhesive that didn't work very well. I wound up redoing some stuff. Okay. And went back and used one of the, uh, the Liquid Nails products with the, uh, the low VOCs. Oh, are you one of our Liquid Nails uh, storytellers? I was one of the storytellers. Well, all right. So that so it came out good then, huh? It was a great project. The low VOCs uh, kept the the uh, the smell down. Okay. And uh, we sold the house shortly after finishing that project. <laughs> was it the project that broke the camel's back? You were overdoing your home improvements there. Well, no. It was one of those projects we needed to finish up before listing it. Right. And um, matter of fact, the bathroom turned out to be a huge success. It was. It was the last room that everyone came through um, when they viewed the house. Right. And uh, not only did we sell the house in less than 48 hours, we sold wow. it for over asking. Wow. In this market? You've got to be kidding market. me. That's fantastic. So yeah. you really did have a pretty good success story um, uh, with the uh, use of that Liquid Nails product. And, you know, the bathroom is always a good project to do because it has such a great return on investment. And, man, you, you proved that, didn't you? Oh, yeah. The, the new owners, when we went back to, to meet the new owners uh, a little while ago after... I think they received one of our packages. Um, they couldn't stop commenting on how great the bathroom looked, the fact that you couldn't tell that it was a, a new remodeling project. It didn't smell like a new remodeling project. Well, maybe you've missed your calling. You should go into the home improvement business here, Andrew. No, no, I'm pretty much done. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for filling us in on it. That's fantastic. I'm glad it all worked out for you. All right. Thank you, guys. You're very welcome, Andrew. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Nice to hear from a winner now and again. Yeah, and what a great project. Absolutely. Loretta in Rhode Island needs some help fixing some drafty windows. Tell us about the problem. First of all, I want to say we love the show. My husband and I have been long-time listeners. It's not drafty windows. We have cracks. I've heard you, you know, other people call in the plaster. We've been in our house now 28 years, and we mm-hmm. have radiant uh, heat in the ceiling. Okay. So we're wondering, is this something... 28 years, we, we keep patching and undoing. Every spring, it looks like it's it, as if the patch got thicker, so he sands it down again, puts the paint, and it looks good. As soon as we put the heat on, you see these fine little hairline cracks. Because mm-hmm, everything's stuff? drying out. Yeah, so what do we do? I mean, he, he, he was using spackle, so now he's been using joint compound. If we tell you how to fix it, what is he going to do all spring? Oh, he's got yard work to do, believe me. I'm sure Loretta can come up with a honeydew list for her man. No problem. If you've got cracks around the windows or doors, 
It really doesn't matter. The, that material is not actually going to repair the crack in the sense that it's not sort of gluing the two parts of the wall Just back together. It's patching over. Right. It's, it's patching over, and those areas are obviously the part of the wall where you have the most movement. Very, very common to have cracks around windows and doors because it's sort of the weaker part of the wall. If the wall is going to shift and move and expand and contract, it's going to show up around our window and door before it'll show up across the solid wall surface. Now, the only thing that you can do to try to minimize this is to use a, a drywall tape over mm -hmm. that crack. And the type yeah, of drywall a, tape... You're a step in a material, Loretta. Yes, and, and the type of drywall tape we would recommend uh, would be a fiberglass tape. It's, fiberglass. it's perforated. Mm -hmm. It it's, looks like mesh, Loretta. Okay. And it's very easy to install. And once you put this across the, the, the crack itself, then you can spackle over that. And that has sort of an adhesive effect of, of covering over both sides of the crack. And it does a nice job of hiding it. Okay. Hope that, that does it. Thanks a It'll lot. Do the All trick. right, Loretta, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Bill in Florida needs some help with a bathroom remodel. What can we do for you? What I'm trying to do is uh, turn a bathroom into a guy bathroom. A man space, huh? <laughs> okay. Sir, uh, I have a gas pump in there and a parking meter. Okay. And it's all flat gray. What all I'm right. trying to do is remove the two vanities, and on one side put in a parts washer for my sink, and on okay. the other side use a rolling toolbox for the toiletries and face towels. And That's kind of a cool idea. Excellent. My question is how to safely remove the vanities and the marble backsplash that is attached to the drywall. Well, being that it's a guy space, I'd say just go for it with the sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> First thing, turn the water off. You basically have to disassemble this the same way that it was assembled initially. And so that means turn the water off uh, to the vanities, to the sinks. You probably can do this right in the cabinet and then just open the fixture up and make sure it is, in fact, off. Then you disassemble first the faucet, pull that out. Then you disassemble the bowl, put that, pull that out. Then you disassemble the vanity and pull that out because that's the way it went in. First the rough plumbing was in, then the vanity was put around it, and so on. Now sometimes, depending on you know how much of the plumbing was done after the vanity was installed, you may not be able to pull it apart. And if that's the case, you may have to cut it apart, which you can easily do with a reciprocating saw. Right. But that would be the proper steps. How about the removing the marble backsplash from the drywall? Okay, that's a little trickier because you're going to end up peeling apart some of the drywall, especially if it's glued on. Can do you, you think use the piano string trick like we do with mirror? Maybe. But, you know, if it's drywall, it's so hard to save that paper. Mm -hmm. The piano string trick is to take some, like, piano wire and, like, wrap ends around sort of wooden blocks on both sides you have something to grab onto and you work the wire behind the mirror or in this case the backsplash and then kind of saw through it and that separates the glue from the wall but even if you do that you tend to damage the drywall itself if that's the case you may just need to cut out that drywall and patch in a new piece which wouldn't okay. be that hard to do all right i appreciate it you're welcome good luck with that project then send us some Thanks. pictures when you're done I'll do it. All right. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next, huge demands on local power grids have been causing more blackouts than ever before. Has that happened to you? Well, we're going to have some tips on one improvement that you can make to your home that will prevent you from ever having to worry about a blackout again after this. 888-MONEYPIT.
to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And if you've ever been the victim of a power outage, well, you're in very good company because <laughs> they're becoming more and more common in this country as the electrical infrastructure gets older and starts to fail. And you know that can be inconvenient and it can also be very unsafe. Mm-hmm. And when a hurricane, a tornado, or even just a bad thunderstorm comes through, it can knock out your power and essentially cripple you at your home. So you really should think about a backup plan. And here to tell us about automatic standby generators is Clement Fang from Generac. Welcome. Hi, Tom. Hi, Leslie. Hey, Clement. So an automatic standby generator, how is that different from the uh, type of generator that uh, we see contractors use? Well, uh, what contractors use is a portable generator, and that's what most people are familiar with. They um, have wheels. Uh, You put gasoline in them, and then you basically take them wherever you need power. An automatic standby generator is one that a lot of homes and businesses are using uh, more and more frequently. And these are permanently attached to the uh, building, and they monitor the incoming utility power to the building. And whenever the power outage occurs, the generator turns itself on and restores power to the home or the business within seconds. And how do you fuel them if you're not using typical gasoline? They're connected to the building's uh, natural gas supply or perhaps propane gas if it's running on LP. Now, that's fantastic because without having to worry about uh, always having a fresh supply Mm -hmm. of gas around, of course, a lot of people don't realize that uh, gas can go bad in 30 days. That's right. With natural gas or LP, you never have to worry about stale gas, and you also don't have to worry about refueling typically. I mean, propane does have to be refueled, but the tanks are typically hundreds of gallons um, and will run the generator for days. And when your power goes out in your neighborhood, it also goes out at the gas station. And without electricity, you can't pump gasoline. So it makes a lot of sense to have a uh, built-in standby generator. Now, we have one here that, of course, as you mentioned, Clement, runs on natural gas. In fact, we have one of yours. We have a Generac. And we've had only to use it uh, probably half a dozen times. But when we need it, man, do we really need it. In fact, we once got knocked off the air because of a power failure during the show, and the Generac came on in about 30 seconds, had us um, back online and, and on air. So it's very convenient to have this. Can you talk a little bit about the, the technology that a generator uses to know when uh, the power actually has gone out in the neighborhood and to bring back the power only for your house? Well, the The generator has a very sophisticated control on it. Um, It's usually connected to a transfer switch, and the electronics in either the generator or the transfer switch will detect when there's a power outage, and when that occurs, um, it kicks over the uh, connections into the building's um, main electrical distribution panel so that the panel is getting power from the generator rather than the utility company. So it's kind of has like a head of a traffic light that controls the flow of electricity. Yep, that's basically how it would, how it works. Now, Clement, is there sort of a one size fits all when it comes to the automatic standby generator, or do you have to think about what you want to power, how much of the house needs to be turned back on before you consider what size? Well, choosing a generator is a lot like choosing a major appliance. It's really not very difficult, but there are some basic things that you should answer for yourself you know, uh, concerning about your needs and your lifestyle and how much um, in the home you really want to back up when there is a power outage. Um, Generac offers a full line of products that allow you to economize, you know, use a smaller generator and back up only selected circuits in the house or use one of our uh, load shedding switches that allow you 
to back up the whole house, but not everything at the same time. So the generator and its electronics um, help you choose what to power and what not to. And then finally, we have larger generators that give you the capability to turn everything on in the house at the same time and have enough power um, to power all of it. So whether you just want to make sure that your heating system and your refrigerator are functioning, or if you feel the need, you're going to be terribly inconvenienced and you want the hot tub and the air conditioner on, <laughs> and no matter right. what you happens, can you can do it. Okay. All right. Well, that's great advice. What do these generators uh, cost, Clement? You mentioned that they're uh, available in a wide variety of sizes. Uh, you know, what's sort of the entry level? Well, Generators are amazingly affordable, and that's one reason why they're becoming so popular now. Um, you can have a generator for less than $2,000, and that's a whole house permanently installed automatic generator. Wow. Uh, you do have to have professional installation unless you're very handy and comfortable uh, messing around with your electrical system. <laughs> Which you should not be. <laughs> no. Electricity is not something you want to, quote-unquote, mess around with. <laughs> that is true. We do always recommend using... Uh, one of our Generac um, installers um, or a licensed electrician is usually comfortable installing a generator. But there are some very enterprising DIYers out there, just like the ones listening to our show here, uh, that may be perfectly comfortable uh, doing the installation themselves. Well, we're going to have them, uh, we're going to have, when those calls come in, we're going to pass them on to you. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to ask really quickly, where does the standby generator itself go on the exterior of your home? Does it have to be near where the main power line comes in? Can it be, you know, I guess it depends mostly on where you live and what code might be, but is there a general rule where it should go? Yeah, the best place um, to put, place it is where uh, the main electrical distribution panel is in the house. So if that's on one side of the wall, the generator should be right on the other side, on the outside of the house you know, so that you don't have to run uh, long lines to get to it. Uh, one thing we do want people to um, be sure that they do is not to locate the generator directly underneath an open window well, of course. Um, and to maintain about 18 inches away from the exterior of the house. Yeah, because it is a fuel-burning appliance and you don't want to have right. those fumes in the house. Great advice from Clement Fang, the Chief Marketing Officer for Generatic. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit, Clement. You bet. It's always great to be here talking with you and Leslie. For more tips, you can go to Generac's website at generac.com, that's G-E-N-E-R-A-C.com, or pick up the phone and call them at 1-888-GENERAC. All right, up next. You know, if you've got a water leak in your house, that's a big one. It's pretty obvious where it's coming from. Well, what do you do if you've got a small leak that over time can add up to some serious damage, but you have no idea where it's coming from? When we come back, we're going to share with you a trick of the trade to help you locate those sneaky leaks. So stick around. Money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the new Rheem heat pump water heater. It's easy to install and more than twice as energy efficient as any standard electric water heater. The new Rheem heat pump water heater qualifies for federal tax credits. For more information, visit www.reemhpwh.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Give us a call because we're going to help you out with your home improvement question. But we are also going to give you a chance to win our weekly giveaway. Now, this week, we've got Gladiator Brands Gear Track Pack. It's got everything you need to start organizing your garage, including two four-foot pieces of gear track channels and all of the hooks that you need to 
to organize and protect all of your hard-to-store stuff. Now, the prize is worth 55 bucks, but it can be yours for free. And if you don't win, it's also available everywhere that Gladiator Garage Works are sold, including Lowe's and Sears. So give us a call right now for your chance to win at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Now, let's talk a bit about identifying plumbing leaks. Leaky appliances, pipes, or plumbing fixtures, they can all add up to thousands of gallons of wasted water and perhaps hundreds of dollars of added costs. So here are some tips to help you determine if you have a leak. And this is courtesy of the experts at Moen. little trick of the trade here. First, Turn off all of the water taps inside and outside your home and record the meter setting on your water meter. Then you want to return in two to three hours and check for any difference. So basically, you want to turn all the water off, record the meter setting, then leave for a couple of hours. Come back and look again. If you see any difference whatsoever in those meter settings, that means you've got a leak. Because sometimes you get really tiny leaks that don't show up with a lot of leak damage, but they can add up to a lot of wasted water, like a leaky plumbing valve in the toilet, for example, a leaky fill valve. That can waste a lot of money. You could have a small leak with a small drip that's happening and can actually build up some mold in a space like an attic or a basement. If you know you have these small leaks, you can go and look a little bit closer for them. But the way to find out is to do the water meter test by turning it off, going away for a couple of hours, then coming back and checking it again. Now, you know, when you go outside to look at your meter, you might notice that there's a small red or sometimes even a small blue triangle that's on the face of the meter. Now, that little triangle is designed to detect even the smallest of leaks. So when you check your meter, if this triangle is moving at all, when you've got all of that water off inside and outside of your home, you may have a leak somewhere. Now, fixing those leaks, you can see that's easy. These small leaks, like Tom mentioned, it could be a fixture. It could be something going on. So find out what's going on here. You might want to replace your fixtures with water sense rated ones. Moen makes several. Now these are great because they really will cut your water usage by 30% and they look fantastic. If you want to check them out, visit Moen.com and you'll find out all the information about those fixtures there. Yeah, and the EPA's got some uh, a lot of great information on their watersense.gov website as well because that's a new program that's very similar to the Energy Star program, except that it certifies plumbing fixtures like those from Moen that achieve a 30% water saving. So a really, really good program. Always look now for WaterSense certified fixtures. They make a lot of sense. As does picking up the phone and calling us with your home improvement question, the number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Pat in Illinois has a question about insulation. What can we do for you today? Well, I have a house with a double brick wall with about an inch and a half cavity between the two walls. Right. I was wondering if it was practical to insulate between them, what type of insulation would be used, and if it was worth the effort. Probably not. Um, the bricks themselves are so dense that they're going to absorb the heat uh, in the summer and the cold in the winter. And there is air in between the bricks because there's a lot of air pockets. So generally, you don't insulate a wall like that. And if you try to insulate it now, 
you know, I'm wondering that there could be perhaps some sort of a blown-in insulation that might be put in there, but the bricks are so damp that I'm afraid it wouldn't wouldn't actually do you much good because this insulation would end up getting damp anyway. So that's an area I wouldn't concentrate on insulating. What I would make sure is that we have really good attic insulation and that you can also do a good job of draft-proofing everything around the windows and doors. That would be where I would concentrate sort of my energy-saving efforts, the attic insulation first. Uh, and the draft proofing second, but I probably would not insulate the exterior walls. All right. Well, thank you for your time and effort. I appreciate it very much. You're welcome, Pat. Glad to help you out with that question. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, you guys speak and we listen, so we know that painting is a super popular project because it's easy to get done, especially when you're in the holiday crunch. Now, if you've got a painting project, I don't know how many times we've got to stress this. The first step, prep, prep, prep. Hmm, what exactly do I need to do for the prep? Well, we're going to tell you how when we get back. You're in a Money Pit. Good Homes Better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You know, freezing pipes are both annoying and can be dangerous if winter means below freezing temperatures where you live uh, exist for most of the season. You want to visit moneypit.com right now because we've got some tips there on how to thaw and prevent frozen pipes. Just search thawing frozen pipes at moneypit.com and we will keep those pipes running through the coldest weather that Mother Nature can throw out at your house. And while you're online, you can email us your question by clicking on the Ask Tom and Leslie icon. And I've got one here from Michael in St. Louis who writes, I have a finished bathroom that I've had to do some drywall repair work on. I understand that it's best to prime the drywall and joint compound before painting. Should I prime the entire room before I paint or just the new drywall and joint compound? Ah, good question. Well, you absolutely do need to prime the repaired area. But since it's a bathroom, I would recommend that you prime the entire space. Mm. You know, even if it wasn't a bathroom, if you tend to prime or spot prime just one area and then you put a top coat of paint on it, you tend to get a slightly different sheen, which doesn't really lend itself to a good finished product. You'll notice that one area of the paint looks a little bit different. The reason for that is because the area that's primed is not going to absorb the paint as much as the area that's not primed, if you can follow me on that. So what happens is you get these very uneven painting surface. So you're never going to go wrong by priming the entire room and then painting again on top of that. All right, now we've gotten here from James in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, who writes, I'm finishing our basement. I have framed the walls, and I'm wondering about insulation and vapor barrier. I have a question about installing fiberglass bats. If I do put up batting, where do I put the vapor barrier? Would you want to use fiberglass in the basement? You can, sure. You yeah? can use fiberglass in the basement. First of all, make sure that framed wall is a good six inches away from the concrete block or concrete wall that whatever you have in the basement. You have a little air gap. Mm-hmm. And then use... the batting would be in between those there. Right. The batting is in between. The, the studs. The vapor barrier then goes over that and then the drywall, except in this case, we would not recommend drywall because it's paper faced and it can grow mold. You want to use a product that's fiberglass faced made by Georgia Pacific that's called Dense Armor. That's a type of drywall that doesn't grow mold because there's basically no paper in the formula. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The Dense Armor finish is just like traditional drywall, so you'll love working with it. It's a really fantastic product and it doesn't cost that much more. 
Well, it's certainly been getting cold enough for relaxing with the family by a roaring fire. But before you do that, you want to make sure that you do a little fireplace maintenance to make sure it's safe for the season. Leslie's got tips on how to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's crucial to inspect the flue, the damper, and the firebox of your chimney because a buildup of creosote can lead to a very dangerous fire. Now, there's one other thing you need to think about. If you don't already have them, get chimney caps because let me tell you, they will save you when all of a sudden you hear. Now, this happened to us one time. I was in my living room and I hear this little tap, tap, tapping coming from the fireplace and the flue was closed and as I sort of leaned in a little more I realized that something was dancing around on top of my flue so we had to get people in get the wildlife out it turned out to be a squirrel which was very adorable and very soot covered but if we had a chimney cap at the time it would have saved us a lot of money and one petrified squirrel so and get good thing chimney- that that squirrel did not get loose in your house because- I know that's all I was thinking about They eat furniture and a lot of other things. Yeah, and think of all the little sooty footprints. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're ready to get your chimney inspected, here's a tip. Go to the website for the Certified Chimney Sweeps. It's CSIA, Chimney Safety Institute of America dot org. They will help you find somebody who will not take advantage of you. We promise. And get this job done. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, is dry winter air driving you a bit nuts? Well, we're going to teach you what you need to know about humidifying your home the right way on the next edition of the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. <laughs>